This da, how we doing? Welcome to podcast number 12. Another week is flying by and um, I must admit it's getting a bit colder here in Wadebridge but we've had a handsome day today. Bit of rain coming tea time-ish but um, no, it's been a good day. And um, I had a chap called Will get in touch. I'd forgot to be honest but five years ago um, he contacted me He's a photographer and um, he asked if he could do my portrait. He was doing various people's photos and whatever. So I said, yes, that's fine. And he's just been in touch again to say, could we do an updated one five years on? So um, he popped up today and took a few photos. Um, hopefully they'll come out all right. I think it was um, bad timing, really, because the last few nights we've... Um, had a few call outs during the night so um I must admit I got huge bags under my eyes at the minute so I said to him if he could um photoshop they out that would be proper. Me life as a vegan is going pretty good too I'm loving it at the minute and um my young friend Phil Trevina dear of him he sent me a link today for a sunflower seed peeling machine which I think I might invest in because um, it is a bit fiddly really trying to get the husks off and then the blimmin' seed drops on the floor. You burn off calories just trying to get into the blimmin' thing. But I'm sticking to it at the minute and standing firm. Even Liz Dyke there, she's trying to lead me astray, but uh, to no avail. I've had lots of people get in touch as well about um, last week's podcast about the snow including some people that were actually at some of the funerals that I was talking about. And um, I did remember after another funeral that um, we'd been on where we'd got stuck in the snow a little bit, and that was down at Arlen Bay. The snow wasn't too bad in town, but um, the family rang and said, we think we'll get through, we'd like to go ahead with it. And um, the hearse and the limo was meeting at the house, and then we was heading down to Penmount. This was in the days again before Glim Valley was open. So we left Wade Bridge. Father was driving the hearse and I was driving the limo. Had all was going well until we got out on the outskirts of Padster there and went down Traitor past Fernley Banbury's farm and then through Windmill and then started heading down to Arlin. And I think where the problem was, there was snow there on the hill that was going down but also there'd been kids there, they'd been tobogganing and everything and compacted the snow. And as father was creeping down, the camber of the hill was pulling him into the edge. And of course, the same thing was happening to me behind. Now, luckily, there was a chap down the bottom hill. He was driving a meat lorry and he couldn't get up. He was stuck and he saw what was happening to us. So he came up the hill. I think another bloke come with him. And he said, right, when you let your brake off, he said, I'll stand between you and the edge. And then as you start to slide in, we'll push you out. So they started with father first and gingerly let his foot off the brake. And sure enough, they pushed him out and they got him down to the bottom of the hill. So father went on to the house and then they came back up again and did the same for me. So we weren't too far behind because we had left in, in plenty of time. Uh, so we left at the from the house in Arlin, which was right down there just over the bridge there on the left. And then luckily, the other way out of Arlin, 
by the time we were ready to go, somebody had gritted it. So we headed off to Penmount and we made it safely pretty much on time. So that was one other funeral that I did remember after I recorded last week's podcast. So this week I thought I'd talk about another few funerals that um, we'd conducted that had made the news either in the local papers or laterally on the website or on the TV. So the first funeral I'd like to talk about was for a white wizard of Tintagel. Now this was a pagan funeral and it was led by a high priestess and was attended by hundreds of mourners and a lot of them were dressed as druids, wizards and fairies. The arrangements did take a bit of coordinating really because um, this high priestess was actually living and working in Austria at the time so we had to tie in with flights with when she could get over, tie in them with the crematorium and also obviously tie in to get it sorted before she had to fly back again. This funeral did get a lot of press coverage and even BBC Spotlight was there and they filmed it and it was on their local news programme that night. I think if I tried to describe what it all looked like, I don't think really I'd I'd do it justice, but um, I have got a copy of it on my YouTube channel. I'll try and um, put the link in the description of this podcast or otherwise, I think if you just went on to YouTube and put something in like Tintagel Wizard Funeral or something like that, um, it should come up. And uh, they do show a little bit there of us going into the chapel and they show bits of the service when it took place and interviews afterwards, including one with me. And uh, I think I did have my TV voice on a little bit. I think I was cutting up a bit, but um, it is quite interesting. So, like I say, I will try and put the link in the description of this podcast. If not, um, there is definitely a copy on YouTube. Another funeral I'm going to talk about today was a Viking funeral. And this took place at Glyn Valley. And again, it had a lot of press coverage at the time. And a lot of the mourners actually did come dressed as Vikings. Now, this was quite an impressive sight, as you can imagine. And the thing that I remember most was the chap who took the service and he needed glasses to to read what he was saying. But um, I thought it was quite clever what he did. He just had the lens from the glasses, but they was tied around his head with a thin bit of leather, which looked quite authentic, I thought, really. Now, as you may know, we're quite lucky, really, with our crematoria down here in Cornwall because the funerals are an hour apart, which is ideal, because it gives the half hour to have the service in the chapel. Um, The 15 minutes before that is your time where we would go into the chapel, set out the orders of service, check the music's okay and everything like that. Then the service would start. You've got half hour, and then you've got a good 15 minutes outside if mourners want to talk to friends before we drift away. Whereas I know up country in some crematoria, it is like every 20 minutes and you just, you couldn't have a nice service then. So when our Viking funeral had finished, um, I went and opened the side door where you leave the chapel and all the mourners followed out. Now, the funeral after us was quite a large funeral too. And 
all of their mourners, they was all starting to congregate in the overflow car park. And this is one thing I will never forget was the look on their faces of total surprise because they obviously knew that a funeral was taking place, didn't know that it was a Viking funeral or, or anything. And then to see me leading out all of these Vikings in full Viking dress, um, or oh, the look on their faces is something I'll never forget. That was uh, unforgettable. I think then from memory, um, the ashes of the Viking were um, were going to be put in a, a small replica Viking boat and set out on the water and would be set fire to. So finally, I thought I can't really do a podcast where I talk about wizards and Vikings and druids without mentioning our very dear friend, the Archdruid of Cornwall, Ed Prynn. This was another funeral that had a lot of coverage in the press and the media, and rightly so, because Ed was a lovely man, a true Cornishman, and a proper character. For those of you from away that um, don't know much about Ed, there's lots of articles um, on the website about him, and also lots of videos on YouTube as well. And I had many lovely chats with Ed over the years. And I think it is brilliant that through the videos and that on YouTube, he will be remembered for a long time to come. We was coming out of COVID times when Ed sadly passed away. And we had a fantastic procession. We left the quay down there at Padstow. And we headed on to St. Marin Church and there were lots of people on the roadside paying their last respects as we went by. And then we stopped outside Ed's house just for a few minutes before we went on to the church. Again, if you don't know what Ed's garden looked like, um, there are pictures on, on the web. It's a fantastic site, really. It's full of standing stones that he's imported from all over the world, and it's well worth looking at. I will always remember his lovely, dry sense of humour, and I don't know if they've still got archives of Radio Cornwall in the early days or no, but um, quite often they used to go up to Ed's and they used to do interviews, and there's a couple that I remember I still laugh about now. I can't remember if it was um, maybe Chris Blount or Ted Gundry. I'm not too sure, but um, they'd go up and interview Ed. And I know one time they went because he'd formed a group. Now, this group was called Eddie Ardrock and the Mystics. I remember that. And um, they introduced it and they said, we'll now hear the first song. And cool, what a row it was. They was just banging away on drums, somebody blowing a football whistle and it went on for a minute or so, and I remember that when it finished, they then interviewed Ed, and um, they said, and what was that song called? And he gave it a lovely title, something like a spring morning in Cornwall or something, I can't quite remember. So he, he introduced the group, I think, from memory, and talked about it a bit, and they said, right, can you do us another song? So he said, yep. So he gave it another poetic title, I can't remember what it was, and off they went, and bang, 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 whistle going. And the, after a little while, the presenter shouted, Stop, hang on. He said, Ed, that sounds exactly the same as the one you just done. And Ed said, No, Tin, he said, we've all swapped instruments. 
Pure genius. That's what I think. Pure genius. Another interview I remember that they did with Ed was just at the beginning of the National Lottery when that started. And they said that um, one of Ed's powers was that he could look into the future and they add him in so that he could predict the six winning numbers and the bonus ball. So sure enough, Ed, he went through his little routine and he came up with six numbers and the, the bonus ball. And they thanked him very much. And they said, so that'll be the winning numbers then for this Saturday. And Ed said, well, no, he said, tis the winning numbers, but I can't tell you what week it's going to be. Genius again, pure genius. So like I said, he'll be sadly missed and I'll miss seeing him in his garden as we drive out to St. Marin, but uh, he will be remembered for many years to come. So I think that's about it for this week's podcast, but I can't go without wishing our dear friend, Outpolseth, Martin Taylor, a happy birthday. Dearvan, he rung up and said, you must come out. He said, um, tis me 80th, and he said, there is a pasty out here with your name on it. But um, sadly, it clashed Weem out that evening out Carlion Bay with um, our grave-digging friends Al Roberts and Jane and Terry and Barney and all the gang. So um, sadly, I couldn't come. And, and of course, it would have had to have been a vegan pasty anyway. But um, happy birthday, Martin. And I'll pop down Paul's F to see sometime. Another lovely chap and a proper character. So until next week, take steady, wishy well, do Guinness.